0: Hi there, here's a quick pre-episode message for our listeners. Thanks for all your support and feedback on our first episode. This new episode features three very interesting people, but I wanted to give you a little heads up that the audio quality isn't quite as good as usual. We thought we'd be fancy and record at a table sitting on actual chairs instead of our usual studio setup, and unfortunately they made quite a lot of noise on the mic, so I just want to apologise in advance for that. Some of the sounds were removed in editing, but there's a few sharp edits and strange noises. We know about it, we're sorry, and in future we'll go back to our basic setup so we get better audio quality. So don't worry, it's not your device skipping, it's just a few little glitches in the recording. We hope you enjoy the episode anyway, this was a big topic and it was a fun one to research and record. Happy listening! Battle tactics, political ruling, harsh punishment, bloodshed, violence. These aren't necessarily words we'd associate with female leaders. Yet, throughout history, the warrior queens and fearsome female rulers have been drawn into wars over territory, religion and power just like their male counterparts. Since March is officially Women's History Month in the UK, this week's episode takes a trip into history to look at some of the most iconic female warriors and battle queens of all time. Hi there, welcome to this week's episode of Tits and Tea. I'm Katie Trickett. And I'm Bella Dania. And in this episode, we'll be learning all about warrior queens from history. But
1: before we begin,
0: it's time for tea. Ooh, tea time.
1: Okay, so this episode's tea uh, is called Gunpowder Supreme, so I've tried to keep it very much on topic with the subject. Um, exclusive China green tea. Now, for our listeners, there is a sticker on it that says, New Improved Taste, which doesn't help me with a lot of confidence on how this is going <laughs> to taste. Um, the description is saying that it's uh, fresh leaves of tea plucked... I, I feel like there's a lot of... Bad translation in this. Uh, um, sorry, fresh leaves. Fresh leaves of tea plucked. is okay. the start of this sentence. Okay. okay. Steamed, pan dried, and tightly rolled into green pearls. They explode like gunpowder to create a clear amber drink that is
0: penetrating and refreshing. Okay, well, this actually makes a lot of sense because they really did explode when you added the water. Yeah,
1: I added the water and it's literally expanded and so much. it's
0: amber, <laughs> which we weren't expecting when you said it was a green tea. Yeah, so... it says in very big
1: letters, exclusive China green tea. And I was like, okay. So I haven't added milk to it. No, we'll see. We'll see. I wonder
0: what it's gonna taste like. I'm really intrigued about this one. Penetrating, so (laughs) Oh don't like don't leave yourself too short.
1: (laughs) Oh it smells like green tea. It does. I'm hoping it tastes a lot better than it looks you're just giving yourself all the drags. it's gonna I know. be so it's strong it's gonna be interesting it's the fact that it looks like actual leaves
0: i was i've never seen tea look like that like shrubbery <laughs> it looks like a plant
1: it looks like i've just gone into the bush is this just pure
0: tea i think I, so i think it is i can't what is the ingredients it doesn't really say much it's oh okay um, yeah it doesn't say so i think it oh no ingredients green tea Literally just, just green tea. tea. I yeah. was about
1: to say, check the uh, for coriander.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that you're like, quick, check for coriander. Quick, check, as soon as like, you, you said ingredients. You have already checked. you already <laughs> checked. You're good at that. I
1: have checked, but I was just like, just to be double sure. Okay, shall we um, try we it? This
0: Let's do this, as the monks say. Good lord, that's oh, strong. God. Oh, god. <laughs> oh.
1: I feel like this definitely needs milk.
0: <laughs> it doesn't need milk. No, no, it just needed, like... Oh, God, it did not need to sit <laughs> for that long.
1: Okay, just for our listeners, this has been sitting in the tea for quite a while.
0: Oh, so God, we should not let it brew that long. Yeah, it's got a really bitter aftertaste. Um, I'm enjoying the aftertaste, actually. Oh, no. It's wearing down now. Oh, I, I don't know if I can go in for a second sip. Oh, I just did. What are you doing? What's it's wrong It's like with you?
1: flowery, but really sharp. It's hard to um, describe.
0: The smell is quite pleasant.
1: Which is weird, considering our last episode.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the smell's quite pleasant. The taste, I think it's just been brewed for too long. I mean, imagine um, when you've put a little bit of milk in coffee. We will try and take a picture of this, but Mm -hmm. imagine you've put a drop of milk in a very strong coffee. That's what the colour of this tea looks like. Yeah! Yeah. (laughs) Isn't it? Yeah! It's like... Um, I would never have guessed this is green tea. I think we should have probably poured this sooner. I think we've yes. let it brew for too long. I think that's the problem. One more taste. Okay.
1: Oh no. Oh. Oh, no, no. This is oh. um. Oh,
0: it does taste oh. like coffee. The wretched sounds were not gonna sound good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the aftertaste does taste like coffee. The aftertaste. Like um, a bitter, bird think, coffee.
0: It's got um. Oh, God. I can still taste um. it. <laughs> this is going to sound really bizarre, and I don't know if it's because we've left it for brewing to, to brew for too long. It feels like it's almost got, like, a, a burnt caramel or toffee. Yes,
1: exactly. Do you, exactly, do you taste yeah. that? Yeah. It's like um, like a caramel coffee that you burnt the beans, and it's mm. just turned into this.
0: So, yeah. Um, Armad Tea of London, and it's gunpowder supreme. We will post a picture of it on our Instagram. Uh, good choice, Bella. It's really appropriate for today's episode. i really... Excited. I tried to be
1: on point with it. No, I love that. <laughs> uh,
0: I think, yeah, we've just learned that the Brits are clearly not that great at making tea, despite... Especially green f- tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might be the thing. We're used to, like, a good old, you know, yeah. Yorkshire Tea with a Yorkshire Tea Um So, shall we crack on with today's episode? Yes, I want to learn all about these empowering women. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, bit of a big one. Okay, um, I I'm prepared. Be prepared. Um... It was originally going to be bigger than it is, but I'm not going to lie, like, I got to, like, one more badass queen and was just like, no, she needs a whole episode to herself. So I think what we might do is, this is Warrior Queens Part 1, and maybe in six months or something we'll do Warrior Queens Part 2. I am totally up for this.
1: Uh, For our listeners, I am looking at uh, Katie's notes. And I am ready and prepared with my gunpowder tea to get through
0: this. it's a hefty pamphlet, isn't it? It it is a hefty pamphlet. (laughs) Uh, I probably could write a small book.
1: (laughs) She's been on her research.
0: Uh, But yeah, I am going to try and cut through it a little bit quickly. I'm totally fine with this. We'll see how we go. We'll keep the episode to under an hour, hopefully. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so yeah, big topic this week. Um... So we all know that throughout history, a male heir to the throne has always been preferred, sexist much. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just how it's always been. Everyone's always been, we need a prince to take over when the king dies.
1: (laughs) It's the whole like, oh, you didn't provide me a son, therefore you haven't been like a good wife
0: exactly mm. how annoying is that it's mm-hmm. like you decide the gender get it right i know they didn't know that back then but yeah. it's so annoying like the male literally determines
1: the gender i'm probably making this completely up but isn't that like one of the things that henry VIII kept going through a lot of his wives for because they yeah. kept providing
0: ah see i did learn something in school <laughs> Yeah, he was adamant he wanted a boy, and then the one that gave him a boy died. Oh, that's it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think we're going to do an episode on the six wives yes. at some point, because they're really cool. Uh, and we can also talk about that awesome musical, Six. Yes, which yes. I really want to see. I think we need a work trip. Um. <laughs> so... There have been moments in time when female rulers have really showed that besides physical anatomy differences, they've just been able to rule as efficiently, if not more effectively, I would say, than okay. men. Uh, obviously, currently we have the Queen of England sat on the throne. Yes. And they're, obviously, they're more of like a. They're not really marketing, I would say. I'd say tourism. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, nowadays, I think the royal family for us is tourism rather than ruling. Like,
1: they provide a lot of money to the country, but as a tourist item almost yeah
0: but then like you look at it we're not going to get another queen for some time because mm. the next obviously charles is next then wills then george mm. so it's going to be whatever george has and the whole thing with harry is out of the bag <laughs> well yeah but, i mean he's got a son too so he'll yeah. still be a boy um but i mean like the next three rulers of england if the monarchy continues mm. will be male so until we find until george grows up and has a child which hopefully will be in our lifetime we're still mm. not going to know if we're ever going to have another queen it could be boys for the... it's a good thing this queen's hanging on <laughs> I know like yeah. stay in power Lizzie keep yeah. going <laughs> you got this we support you <laughs> I mean I don't know if I actually like her that much I'm probably going to get beheaded for this um, you know what else is really cute sorry this is a massive side tangent um, you know when you work abroad mm. everybody assumes that we are all on first name terms with the queen oh yeah that
1: we're all related or at least know the queen and we catch up over sandwiches <laughs> I love that like yeah. um,
0: whenever i work to like China or something, they're like, How's the queen? Mm. and I'm like, um, I think she's good. <laughs> Honestly, I've,
1: I've oh Lizzie, yeah, she's totally fine. She yeah, <laughs> she to go on a catch up
0: like every week. <laughs> but I do think it's really cute, and like Americans also mm. think that they're like really like oh, how's your queen? Um, last time I saw her, she was cool, but she was also very excited because her horse was winning the race. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love that you have that knowledge. I'm just like.
0: uh... <laughs> I actually have met her more than more times than I think. What um, well... I think
1: I accidentally met her. Like really? I was I was in London. Uh, looking at the music museums and we didn't realize that the queen was coming for something oh, that's like to cool. go one of the museums and we, me and my mum were there but my dad missed it because he thought we were taking the piss like oh the queen's over there and he was like i'm not looking you're clearly lying <laughs> I missed, <the> whole thing. <laughs> you missed it. yeah
0: um i've met her sev- well not met her but um I've worked for, like, the Epsom Derby, which um, I've done for ten years, I think. So, gosh, I feel old. Um, (laughs) But, obviously, her horse always runs in the race, and she's very into horse racing, so seeing her there. Um, She did something for a hospital that I was working at, Mm. um, so, yeah, she... I met her there, and I've done a couple of other royal family things. But that's pretty. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty. Like it's one of those things. If you actually, I mean, I haven't got a picture of me with the Queen, which would be, you know, goal.
1: That, <laughs> like, that is goals. your goal now that I'm setting you.
0: I don't know if that's ever going to happen with COVID now. Oh yeah. You know, like I. Just <laughs> <run at her>. <laughs> <laughs> have you had your vaccine? Cool. Let's have a hug. Can you imagine the only person ever to hug the Queen? Yeah. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> uh, anyway, back onto it. So, before I get beaten down for my extreme view that uh, women might be more effective rulers than men, I'm not saying that women are better than men. I'm just saying that in history, only a handful of females have been given the opportunity to be queen, mm. whereas literally hundreds of males have done it. Yes. Um, so, when we're looking at the differences in like the experiences of having a woman on the throne or a male on the throne, mm. obviously throughout history, Males have always been preferred. So there's a lot more male examples to look at. Of negative
1: uh, situations. So statistically, females are better rulers because...
0: Because there's there's, less of them. Yeah. If we say there's like... I've not looked into the number across the entire world because there's too many countries. But let's just say that for every 10 male rulers, there's one female ruler. So what are the chances that like those nine males are gonna have a better track record than one female
1: (laughs) i feel like as well because it's such a rare opportunity as a female that once they've got it they feel like they need to work really really hard to make sure that they can prove that just because she's female doesn't mean that she can't rule like
0: yeah and i think also as well like in modern we're going to do a different episode on this i'm not really going to go into this too much but um in terms of rulers these days as we've just said like the british monarchy it's more of a it's just a head of state, they're more of an icon mm. now, It's yeah. they're not really running the country anymore, it's all done by the politicians. Yeah. Even, say, like, politicians, it's still debated whether a female head of state, yeah. or like, you know, look at uh, America, they've only just got their first female vice president. Yeah. Or in 2021. What's <laughs> 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 all that about? Yeah. Um, Obviously, England's had a few female prime ministers now. Mm. I was surprised we had a second after the yeah, controversial, <laughs> uh, yeah, of the first. So it's it's interesting. But then some countries have had really effective mm. female rulers. Look at Australia at the yeah. moment with the pandemic. Yeah, Australia, is it Australia Oh no? It's New Zealand. Sorry, I was about to be like, wait, what? Yeah, mm. she's cool, New Zealand lady. Mm. I think pretty cool. I, yeah, I, I can't remember her name. I feel terrible. I've yeah, just been yeah, like this in the notes. bleating about her all summer. How great she is, because mm-hmm. she is great. But yeah, I think that part of the reason, you know, for many years, men and women haven't had the same educational opportunities. So to go from being a to be a female ruler that has like the kingdom thrust upon them, mm-hmm. imagine all you've been educated as a Tudor princess is how to serve tea. <laughs> and then and suddenly so... goes oh your dad's just died here's the crown run the country yeah <laughs> can you imagine and like, be like what <laughs> i mean as a as a boy as a, a male heir to the throne you're going to be taught battle procedures mm. you're going to be taught like you're going to be surrounded Politics. by generals politicians obviously your dad mm. and you're going to see someone else do the job as a princess you're shoved in a cupboard yeah you're like, basically
1: taught how to give birth as soon as like you hit your first period and um yeah to sew and cook and even the cooking i can imagine at that sort of status you wouldn't really. you wouldn't be, be cooking cookings. you'd just yeah. be like
0: maybe s- sewing embroidery just look after yourself so you can like make another baby well, basically. basically and so can you imagine just being like oh here you go here's a kingdom oh by the way the french are attacking <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <yeah>. um sure <laughs> like no one tells you how to do these things yeah. how are you going to know this stuff
1: that would be like thrown into, like, um, like you, you've gone to A&E and you're waiting to be sent because you've got a bit of a cold and then some, someone just grabs you and goes, oh, by the way, our doctor isn't coming today, so you've got to do this surgery. Uh, they need a heart transplant. Uh-huh, <laughs>
0: exactly. So uh, we're going to look at a number of iconic ladies today who fit in this category. Uh, they're quite far back in history. The first one, we're going way back. To ancient Egypt. Ooh. Uh, the ancient Egyptians actually believed in the wisdom of female rulers. I like them. <laughs> and male was still preferred, but uh, placing women in power was often the best protection for the patriarchy in times of uncertainty.
1: That makes sense.
0: Um, I think they found that female rulers did more building and sort of structural development of the country Mm. rather than, like, let's go to war with Greece. Yeah, let's just fight. Yeah, I think the women were a bit more like, let's protect the country rather than let's... It was a defence rather than attack. I feel like it'd
1: be more womanly sort of, like, charm with people that they'd probably go to war with and they'd probably be a bit less, like... I'm not saying that men are like this, but they don't react as quickly to emotions.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well... This is a pretty much perfect example of what you Brilliant. just said. Uh, in my notes, I've put in complete contrast, along came Cleopatra. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> uh, but she's not really that much of a contrast. In In the end game, she is still defensive over attack. Um, but yeah, this is the story of Cleo. You've probably heard of her. Mm-hmm. I named my lizard after her.
1: <laughs> oh no way! Yeah, I had a little fat tailed lizard
0: named Cleo. And <laughs> um, she's possibly the most famous of all the Egyptian queens. Uh, I think certainly we can all picture her, even if it's um, Elizabeth Taylor's iconic mm. depiction of Gorgeous. her. Gorgeous. Uh, yeah, very beautiful. Uh, Google her if you don't know what she looks like. I'm sure you know what Queen Cleopatra looks like, but she's a style icon. Even like her hair is still. Mm. You can ask for a Cleo bob today, yeah. uh, which is insane. Uh, So, she's a bit out there, and this is where you probably don't know these things. She basically eliminated all of her siblings to take the throne. What? (laughs) Uh, This story has everything. Okay,
1: okay. I thought, all, like, I thought um, her siblings died. And, well, they did, but I didn't realise she was behind it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so get ready. It's quite complicated. There's definitely some incest. I know about this, actually. Because she on. was married to at least two of her brothers at yeah, some point. Yeah, I know about this. Yeah. Uh, but incest was just common then. It was yes. just the done thing. It's Game of Thrones all over again. <laughs> well, I think they didn't know, so I'm going to forgive them. And uh, there's international love affairs. Ooh. And there's some poison. So this is um, the story that has it all. Uh, so her reign technically began in 51 BC, which is just over 2,000 years ago, if you want to... I, I always find it really difficult in podcasts go like, oh yeah, 51 BC, and I'm like, when was that? Yeah, like, it and takes you about 10 minutes to work out. <laughs> exactly, so yeah, 2,000 years ago, people. Long ass time. It was a long time ago, and that was, um, she began reigning after the death of her father, but it was a joint reign with her brother, who was Ptolemy the thirteenth. Uh, they had a falling out, and it led to an open civil war between the brother and sister. So she's not that peaceful. Let's I was face about it. To say you know compared to they're, they're saying that, she, that they're all defense, but she is quite happy to go to civil war with her brother. But she was educated, not in the sense that she'd been taught battle strategy or anything like that. But she was the only ruler in the dynasty that she belongs to to speak both her native Greek and Egyptian. Oh, so uh, Ptolemy, could... who was her dad, was actually Greek. Oh. and so all of the the dynasty that belongs to his family, they all spoke Greek. She was the only one that also spoke Egyptian. That's
1: bizarre because I swear that like Greece is where they you know uh, fight with all the time.
0: They're definitely gonna fight with Rome famously. So... <laughs> so yeah, famously. In short, just to speed things up a bit, Julius Caesar, the Roman Emperor, He stepped in to try and sort out this bickering between the two siblings. I'm obviously... (laughs) somewhat kind of like downplaying this I think it was probably a bit more yeah he's like stop bickering you two like if I have to tell you one more time that's going to be you know when you were oh no you were an only child sorry
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh no I feel so bad yeah as for our listeners I am an only child
0: (laughs) (laughs) whereas I have a younger brother who I adore now and I did love growing up but yeah there were lots of times we'd be fighting in the car and Mm. like a hand would reach back and slap us both as we were like (laughs) arguing it was always like breaking up the arguments brothers and sisters fight that's just what they do yeah
1: just when they're on that sort of status it can get a
0: bit bloody <laughs> well when they're ruling a country i can yeah. imagine that's quite uh, interesting i know i wouldn't want to run a country with my brother we have very different opinions and so did these guys so julius caesar stepped in he tried to sort them out but it was very clear despite him saying that he didn't have a preference Mm -hmm. He preferred Cleopatra I wonder why I wonder why It was obvious that he favoured her So Ptolemy, the brother, attacked both Caesar and Cleopatra at the palace But in the Battle of the Nile, Caesar and Cleo combined their armies They killed Ptolemy, which allowed Cleopatra to rule Egypt However, she had to do that with her other brother Because Mm. she still wasn't in line to the throne He was Ptolemy the Fourteenth. (laughs) Um, You know, just to keep things simple. They've all got the same name, the number just changes. Oh, you are kidding me. (laughs) Uh, She also exiled her half-sister at this point because she'd been involved in the siege of the palace with number 13. Mm. It really does get confusing. So Ptolemy was the name of the dad, and the granddad, and the granddad. And the granddad, So, basically, they all have the same name. Were they just not wanting to be creative? <laughs> I think it was an honour thing. It was like, oh, my dad... Her dad was Ptolemy the twelfth. Mm. Then she killed number 13. Then she was ruling with number 14. She also kills him. Oh. <laughs> um, it really does get complicated. So, Caesar then continued to have a relationship with her. Wow, to go well. And then, eventually, they had a son together called Caesarean. Or, oh, I think it's caesarian. It oh. felt like the word caesarian, so I'm assuming.
1: Yeah, I wonder if there's any sort of.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I assume it's because it's Caesar. Yeah. Maybe it's caesarian, but I don't know. Oh, Caesar. But it yeah. really depends how you pronounce Caesar. So after Caesar was assassinated, she then killed off her brother number fourteen, mm-hmm. so she could rule Egypt by herself. Yeah. Uh, but here's where things get a little bit messy. I was about to say, doesn't she have a complicated love life? <laughs> yeah, so this is where we see a bit of a warrior queen going on, um, and it does get a bit more complicated in her love life. So obviously, at this point, she's just been in a relationship with Caesar. I think Caesar had a Roman wife. Oh. Um, and then he had this like Egyptian queen, but she was classed as like a foreign wife mm-hmm. type thing. Obviously, they had a child a mistress. together. Yeah, I'm not sure how legit all that was. Uh, she spent a lot of time in Rome, though, and I think that that was probably a time of political happiness because Rome Ooh, and Egypt, Egypt weren't yeah. at war because their rulers were banging. obviously... <laughs> yeah, banging, <laughs> as you say. But the Liberator Civil War, they were a group and they were out to avenge Caesar's death. That included the new Roman, Empire, Emperor, Empire? <laughs> Roman Emperor, and it included... Mark Antony, who Mm. you will have heard of. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Mark Antony started having an affair with Cleopatra. He carried out the execution of the exiled sister when she asked him to. Uh, But then he became increasingly reliant on Cleopatra to fund his military efforts and to provide military aid when he wanted to invade people.
1: Oh, so not so peaceful.
0: (laughs) So he was a bit of a, he was like obviously (laughs) an aggressive, like fighty. I'm gonna go and fight people. I love
1: the idea of him like wanting to go to war and then like, going over to Cleo and be like, so, help me with this bully. (laughs) I
0: know, right, yeah. Yeah. He's like, I really want to take out the Parthian Empire. Can I borrow, like... Yeah, can
1: you help me, please? Can I
0: borrow your ships, please? Because you're a strong,
1: independent woman. (laughs) I know, that's
0: basically what he did. He was like, he invaded the Parthian Empire. He He invaded the Kingdom of Armenia. And yeah, he needed Cleopatra to financially fund it and... Give him military assistance.
1: Which, I don't see how this is going to be more any beneficial for Egypt.
0: Well, it, it was. So, the, the re- that, that sounded very, like, well, it was. It was. Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't mean it like that. But, no, the, I see what you're saying. And, yeah, there was actually a benefit to it. So, they created this law called the Donations of Alexandria. And Mark Antony and Cleo actually had quite a few children together. I don't know it's to, 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 together, but between them they had mm. these children. They've got Alexander Helios... Cleopatra Selene II and Ptolemy Philadelphus, <laughs> and they made their children rulers over these various territories. Oh, so, so the places, yeah, so the places that he was going out and conquering were essentially all being divvied up between mm. their kids. So they were making like a little empire for their um, children, and they were definitely a bit of a power couple. Like she had the wealth and the armies, and he was the battle leader. Mm. Like he was the strategist kind of person. But all good things come to an end. Of course, when it's 2,000 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, so the new emperor was called Octavian. Hmm. He'd replaced Caesar. And he was originally with Mark Antony in this liberator civil war. I don't think he thought that Caesar was fairly killed, even though he got to take the the next space. But Mark Antony, obviously, he's been having this affair with Cleo. Everyone kind of knows it. But then they decide to get married. Mm. Mark Antony was already married.
1: Yes. Can you guess who he
0: was married to? Oh, oh, I don't know. Octavian's oh. sister. Oh, oh! <laughs> Why oh, would you gosh, do that? No. So This is complicated. So the Roman emperor now, Octavian, obviously Mark's married to his sister, Mark's mm. his brother-in-law, mm. and he's like, oh, I'm off to marry Cleo. I'm is... divorcing your sister. I was
1: about to say, what's the divorce procedure in...
0: I don't know what the divorce procedure was, but it's not going to sit very well in Rome. (laughs) Yeah, they kind of it didn't sit very well, and Octavian decided I'm going to go and sort this out. Mm. Like this isn't cool. Now Cleo, at this point, decided to take that defense strategy. She was a bit more tactical. She was like, I'm going to slot back into that role of protecting Mm. the country rather than like let's go out and keep attacking and like claiming new territory. Uh, she decided to defend Egypt in the most effective way, whereas Mark Antony was like, no, let's just mm. attack them, we can do this, like, let's take them down. But, despite the main conflict being between Mark Antony and Octavian, mm. he took it out on Egypt. Oh. So, like, yeah, instead of just being like, you're a dick, you screwed my sister over. Yeah, and he has technically nothing really to do with Egypt. Egypt, exactly. He's like, right, Rome is going to declare war on Egypt. Like,
1: out maybe one of the new territories that he has now conquered not
0: Egypt <laughs> all of Egypt the legal argument for war was based less on her territorial acquisitions where she's like gained these new things because the former Roman territories were now going to be ruled by her children that she'd had with Mark Antony mm. but the reason that they their legal argument for war was that she was providing military support to a private citizen because Mark Antony wasn't anybody. Yeah, it was If a he'd have been war. an emperor, yeah. it probably would have been okay. But that's basically it's like they had no reason to go to war with it. They had to make yeah. a reason, so they're like, "You're giving armies to this guy who, who's just some randomer." Yeah, we're going to come and stop that. Stop that. Yeah, I'm glad you said stop that. <laughs> I, I, my mind was like not working, and I was like, <laughs> um. anyway, Octavian defeated Cleo and Antony's naval fleet. They had way more ships than the Romans, but their crew weren't trained to right. fight. Um, Quality they were just, over quantity. Yeah, so they should have, you know, in numbers, I bet the Romans were like, oh, God, they've got loads. Mm. But when they found out that they were mostly just, like... Sailors Fisherman. and fishermen. Mm. Yeah, they didn't really have anything. Interestingly, though, I did like this. Queen Cleopatra was actually on board one of the boats herself. Oh, like totally. I like that. Yeah, cool, right? And um, apparently, her ship had purple sails, Cute. so that he could see where she was
1: that's surprising you'd think that she'd want to be hidden hidden and yeah mm-hmm. disguised amongst all of the ships you'd think, not be you? like hi this is the ship you need to take down take
0: down the purple one cuz the queen's there <laughs> <Oui>. yeah can <come laughs> um antony wanted to of course he did yeah. sail across the adriatic sea and blockade octavian at two places i'm going to get these wrong but mm-hmm. uh tarentum or brundisium he wanted to like try and uh, meet the meet their naval fleet and stop them before they got to mm. Egypt. Cleo was very much like no, 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 uh, we need to defend Egypt, I'm going to override your decision we're not going to attack
1: Yeah, at the end Italy. of the day, he has nothing to do with Egypt, she's still the ruler which yeah. is why I'm shocked she'd want to marry him
0: yeah well i suppose though you know like he's gained them some territory and like she's just like oh yeah this guy he's going out he's getting me land like i'm just sat here like yeah look like i'm like the queen but he's going and getting me this line and then our kids are going to have a future i suppose she's just trying to set up her future yeah which didn't end well for her but
1: i feel like it probably would have been more beneficial for it to not arry him
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i feel yeah not a good Mm. not a good strategy But yeah, so she wanted to defend Egypt, so she overrode his decisions, which I think is pretty cool, actually, because to say, like, obviously, she's essentially still queen. He's just the... He's a citizen. Just, yeah, he's just a citizen. Um, she's like, no, I've listened to you. Like, now we're going to do my way. But it didn't work. Um, queen bee. <laughs> she is. She, so they had 800 ships in their naval army. She was allowed to control seven, no, 60 of them. Oh, like, Out of eight hundred, she, she was only given control of sixty, and Mark Antony had seven hundred and forty. Okay. So um, yeah, can you imagine being like, okay, you can come to battle, love. Uh, you go on that ship with the purple sails, so I can see that you're doing okay. Yeah. Uh, you these sixty ships are yours. You can do what you want with them. I'm going to take the lo- the big load. Like, uh, anyway. <laughs> Mark Antony, he ended up bailing because they were losing. He boarded her ship and they sailed around the corner and escaped. And then the battle continued without them, but it didn't end well. They were defeated. The Romans then invaded Egypt. And then loads and loads of power hungry things happened like allies for each side, um, Egypt and Rome, they kind of like bailed out, they swapped. There were like different people that um, Cleo had like put their nose out of joint that like mm. decided to side with the Romans to make things easier for like invading. Cleo realised things weren't going well, so she sent Caesarian, Mm. we're going to go with Caesarian, and (laughs) she sent him north to try and protect him, because he was going to be the the future ruler of Egypt. She then sent Mark Antony off in one direction, and she went the opposite way uh, to try and confuse the enemy, and she actually planned to sail abroad and take some time away to allow things to settle, because she was like, I will still be the ruler, I will have left the country. Yeah. I kind—I of, don't know how that's gonna work because obviously yeah. there's gonna be.
1: I feel like maybe it's a strategy way if you're thinking to do that to take the enemy away from Egypt, because then they're going to follow where she is, but then surely the enemy is just going to move in while she's not there and be like, yeah, well.
0: think what it is. But then I also don't know if she was kind of thinking oh, well they'll go and kill Mark Antony and then they're not bothered about me anymore because he's the big problem, like they'll probably Ooh, so maybe, yeah, do you know what I mean? She's just going, oh
1: he's not that good of a lay, have him.
0: <laughs> Basically, yeah, I think she's gone, right Mark, you go left, I'll go right, they'll not know what we're doing because they'll think, and oh. And then you're like, go right, go right. <laughs> and then you're like, I'm just, actually I'm not going to go right, I'm going to go to India or to out in somewhere else yeah have a little holiday keep the kids safe and then i'll come back and sort this mess out when mark's gone but when she got to the harbor to leave her entire fleet of ships had been destroyed so she was stuck so she got captured by the romans of course and word got back to mark antony that she had killed herself so he poisoned himself or he definitely killed himself i'm not sure if it was poisoned but
1: yes i think our remember it before, he might wasn't. have stabbed yeah.
0: himself i'm not sure he he killed himself and she had she hadn't killed herself but she had been threatening to and she apparently did loads of research on what was the best ways to kill yourself because mm. she realized uh, she was in a bad position mm. at this point she'd sort of heard that she was going to get taken back to rome like she when she'd exiled her sister the sister got sent to rome and then was killed and they'd basically said we're going to take you back and keep you as a prisoner like the ex-queen like a pet yeah and she was like i'm not having any of that so she was planning to kill herself anyway but then her three youngest children got captured oh no pretty sure cesarean cesarean why do i keep saying that different Caesarian. every time Caesarian. i'm pretty sure that um cesarean got killed Oh, no, Um If if he didn't get killed before she died, he got killed just after. He was he never got to rule Egypt. Mm. It's a shame, because I can imagine a son of Cleo would probably have been an awesome ruler. Can you imagine the son of Cleo and Caesar? I that guess. would have been an interesting turn in history if he'd have ever got into. I feel like he would have been very modern and mm. forward-thinking. He was technically ruling with his mom mm. at yeah. one point, but like he never got to rule. Mm. So, yeah, Cleopatra poisoned herself in the end in a sort of last-ditch attempt to save the undignified future ahead of her. I think that's really interesting because there's rumour, like, did she get bit by something? Did she allow a snake to bite her? Yeah, because I'm going off the movie here. But, yeah,
1: it's the whole (laughs) she got a snake and then made the snake, snake like bite her and it was all over dramatic but mm. obviously Hollywood
0: <laughs> but I really love that and um, that's basically the story of Cleopatra but one thing that I haven't mentioned here is her beard
1: right? beard? <laughs> yeah
0: so she's a badass right? yes yeah the Mark Antony days they were a bit dubious like you know she picked a bad boy for a bad reason mm. but like you know she made alliances with Caesar she kicked out all the brothers and mm. did some bad stuff she's pretty cool but really, even though she was cool, women pharaohs were only in place until the next male was ready to rule. So she knew she was just a placeholder. Yeah. Like, she knew temporary. that when Caesarian got older, he would be the pharaoh. As soon as he was old enough That's to practical. rule, mm. she would have to go. She could probably be an advisor. She'd be his mom. He'd still probably, like, worship the ground she walked on. But... She would uh, rule from afar, like from behind the curtain. Mm -hmm. As soon as he... I don't even know what the age would have been. Obviously, pharaohs took over pretty young. I think it was like 13 or 14. I was going to say, I think like early teens. So as soon as he was going to be old enough, she was knowing that she wasn't going to be in charge. And it's interesting because they never really refer to female pharaohs as queens. They're called female kings of Egypt. Oh. Yeah, often when you see pictures of Cleopatra like in uh, Egyptian stone or anything like that, she's depicted with a beard. And How modern. <laughs> interesting because she sometimes used to apparently wear a beard Ooh. and it would have been like fashioned out of wood and not necessarily elastic, but it would have been tied and oh, she would God. have worn a beard. Yeah. Uh, I'll put a picture of that on our Instagram because it's... Uh... Like a very famous bearded lady. <laughs> yeah, it really was. And yeah, it, it, that's sort of the earliest... we've got in history of a woman dressing as a man Mm. to be able to achieve this sort of respect
1: because I know in history there's quite a few men like roles that men would have to dress as women because women wouldn't be allowed in like theatre etc so that's quite iconic
0: yeah Yeah, this is like the opposite so Mm. she used to wear a beard to be more accepted as a ruler and the next person we're going to talk about also dressed as a man mm. uh, to achieve her goals as a warrior. Sensing a theme. Uh, yeah, I want to say warrior queen. She actually wasn't a queen, but she is a patron saint. So uh, yeah. I feel like she is Same equal sort of status. Yeah. Do you know who this one could be? No, I'm trying to wrap my brain. Who's a patron saint? She is very, very famous, and we're going to kick myself after. Is Joan of Arc. Oh, okay, yeah. Do you know anything about her?
1: bits but only like what's well, general knowledge <laughs> yeah
0: I feel like we didn't study Joan of Arc at school no. at all
1: no. I studied Cleo but I didn't study Joan yeah,
0: of Arc yeah I studied Cleo as well and I, I remember um, ancient Egypt was quite uh, early for mm. us we did it like primary school yeah. I don't remember doing like Joan of Arc at all pharaoh stuff out of paper mache yeah, I know you like, learn <laughs> yeah. how to like write in hieroglyphics and yeah. stuff. so cute so Joan of Arc uh, she is a patron saint of France She was given that status in 1920. It honestly kind of troubles me. Okay. Uh, She was killed by the Catholic Church. Mm. Who makes you a saint? Yeah. The Catholic, Catholic Church. Church. <laughs> um, so it's kind of like, I wonder at what point the Catholic Church were like, oh, we really should make Joan a saint, but we killed her. Do you think mm. they even went through that process? Or were they just like in complete denial that they had anything to do with yeah, it? Yeah,
1: we were one of them where it's like all, this, all these facts and everything. And they're just like, no, 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 that wasn't us. Don't you we talking about. And it wasn't me. Like the whole wasn't me song, just yeah. on repeat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> For real. And the other thing about Joan... She was younger than both of us when well. she died.
1: Oh, no. Yeah, so she's so a baby. She, she did a lot in her early lifetime,
0: then. Yeah, she did. So um, this is a brief history of Joan of Arc and how she fits into our theme of warrior queens. Little Joan was born in 1412, which is 600 years ago for context. So it's quite a big jump from uh, Cleo <laughs> to Joan. to <laughs> 600. Yeah, and she was a good Catholic girl, and she was born to a peasant family. Um, actually, I say she was a good Catholic girl. She was very Catholic. Uh, really Extreme. <laughs> yeah, like, think of the most Catholic and then add more Catholic.
1: Okay. <laughs> On a Catholic scale. like <laughs> Yeah.
0: She was really, really dedicated. She wasn't formally educated, but she was trained in sewing and spinning. So, Which as, I can imagine still quite a bit for them times. Yeah, and she was, like, really competitive. She was really good at it. She was well trained in these Mm. fields and they would have been really useful as well because that's the industry she could have gone into if she didn't take the next step Mm. at the time just for some political context france was split three ways and uh, the conflict was pretty intense they were part way through the hundred years war Oh, yeah,
1: this bit I'm starting to remember.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Uh, the Hundred Years' War was actually more than a hundred years, which I find really funny, but Mm. it doesn't have the same ring if you say, like, the 120-year war.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they were just like, let's just round it down, it'll be
0: fine. (laughs) (laughs) I was also listening to another podcast um, called You're Dead to Me, which I love, Uh, it's a history podcast, and they did a special on Joan of Arc, I, I want to say a few months back but it was probably a year or so ago now and they were talking about it and can you, they, they made a joke about can you imagine if you were at day one of the 100 years war because <laughs> obviously they didn't call it that till the end but yeah. can you imagine like day one? Oh, it's 100 years to go. I feel like this is lockdown. <laughs> so anyway back to our podcast and <laughs> um, the, the war was about who should rule France because nobody really knew Of course, us English were involved. Yes. If there's Uh, any, like,
1: moment that an English person could get involved in rule, we're going to be there like, hi, so you don't know me, but I'm just going to run your country.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, sorry, we're going to apologise on behalf of our ancestors again because they were awful. Yes. The
1: the reason why a British empire was a thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So basically, the heir to France, his dad Mm. had disinherited the son. And So the king of France died, and instead of leaving it to his son, he disinherited him, and he suggested that the king of England, Henry, should take the French throne. How odd. I know, like, you must really hate that son. Like,
1: what is wrong with the son? Yeah, to even pick an English person to rule, like, let alone... I know, like... Discontinuing your son like, no, you can't have this. <laughs> I know
0: you want you picking pick another Frenchman. Like, yeah, And oh, no, then we'll give it to England. Like, well, what was wrong with him? An uncle
1: or an auntie or a cousin. Like, come on, anyone, just, your, just,
0: your best mate. Yeah, like, anybody, not an English yeah, guy. country? Like, I know. I bet. I bet Henry from England was rubbing his hands like, yeah. give me them French taxes. What of them two been up to? Um. Also, at the same time, um, France was at civil war mm. with itself. Obviously, civil war. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, I can't believe I just said that. I'm supposed to be the smart one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it was a bit of a nightmare so she's 13 years old uh, at this time is joan and she says she has a vision from god that um charles valois who is the, the disinherited son he should be the king of france and god has said that she must successfully deliver him to his coronation so, yeah, she tries to get in touch with him. Not that easy, as you I can, can imagine. imagine. yeah. She goes to, like, the nearest local authority figure. Not sure who he is, but some mayor or something. And she's like, yeah, yeah, Charles needs to be king. Some guy with
1: a big hat that was just on the street. Just can like, we you do. <laughs> and this,
0: like, 13-year-old. I've had a vision from God. It's
1: like, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sure you have, go home. But she wasn't one to give up. Eventually, everyone's like, oh, what's Joan bleating on about now? Mm. And she became a bit of, like, a local celebrity. And eventually she just kept pushing and pushing until she could get the message over. Mm. So, you know, it's quite... She lived far away as well. So this is like me shouting in Manchester (laughs) and hoping that the Queen hears me in London. Yes. (laughs) Nowadays, obviously, if someone was claiming visions of God, we would assume either religious uh, fanaticism or hallucinations. Mm. But back then it was kind of accepted that God and the devil spoke to people. Okay. It could be either of them, but neither of them really spoke to women. Um, Ah, okay but you know and being a prophet was acceptable back then i can imagine i'm probably stereotyping
1: but i'm guessing a lot of women got spoken to by the devil but not by god
0: don't you know it yeah of course (laughs) yeah so apparently the devil would try and lead women astray the devil definitely seemed to favor the women wonder why (laughs) so king charles the one he eventually does become King Charles, so I'm not spoiling anything there. But yeah, Charles... Spoiler alert. One... On <laughs> yeah, sorry. Spoiler. Uh, Joan fav- The one that Joan favours to be king. He has no military or soldier experience. He's not a general... He's a bit pants, <laughs> if I'm
1: honest. A like... bit of a wet blanket.
0: <laughs> yeah, the Armagnacs, which is the family of friends that he support... Like, that are supporting him, like, his kind of region. Uh, they need a miracle. Because they're like, oh, he's like a dishcloth. (laughs) Honestly, this guy we've got ruling. I think I read somewhere something like he kept buying all these nice battle suits and going like, look at me in my armour, and then never actually doing anything. He's just like... Oh, God, so he's a pretty boy.
1: And so the only thing that they can
0: say that's good about
1: him is just, oh, well, he looks nice in the (laughs) armour. Exactly.
0: Luckily, he had a really good mother-in-law, Yolanda of Aragon. And she heard about Joan and her tales of her god vision and stuff. She was pretty cool. Like she was pretty much running the show mm. on his behalf. So she sent for Joan. Joan was miles away. I mean, like, literally 200 miles. And she had to make the whole journey on foot. On foot? Um, or by horse, but, like, definitely... Majority you know, on foot. They didn't have cars. So it was a long way, 200 miles. That's like you walking from London to Amsterdam. Oh, my God. So, yeah, she was accompanied by five soldiers. And this is where Joan had to adapt and this is where she's famed for dressing like a man. So she shaved off all her hair and she wore men's trousers and men's clothes. Uh, there's two reasons for this. Uh, mostly it was to not draw attention because they obviously had to do a 200-mile journey. And if it's five men or six men, then no one's going to stop them. But if it's five men and a woman, they're going to come into more trouble. They'd be
1: like, why is this woman so important?
0: Yeah. Also, um, it's quite hard to ride a horse or walk in a dress. Whereas, obviously, as we know now, we're both sat here in trousers. They are, you know, more practical for many things. But also, and this is awful, you know, it had to be to protect yourself too. Because it's so easy to assault a woman in a dress. Yeah. Whereas jeans, well, it wouldn't be jeans,
1: jeans. but trousers. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, 600 years ago, they so had denim. (laughs) (laughs) I think we have both realised how hard it is to get out of jeans, so...
0: (laughs) Kind of spoils June, the like, moment. I'm, like, zipping up a leaveies. Oh, But yeah,
1: trousers.
0: Uh, <laughs> um, what do you think? She wore a blue car <laughs>
1: Yeah. Or <laughs> skinny. Skinny jeans. Skinny jeans. Yeah, she was in Skinny jeans. With a horse and like the whole shebang,
0: <laughs> but yeah, is like that was why the trousers came about because no one's unbuttoning trousers and pulling them down. Like. I feel
1: like you get halfway through and go, oh, but well, the moment's kind of ruined now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and also, it was probably to protect herself from the five soldiers
1: she was traveling with. I was about to say, like, she's not hit her status yet. And she's so, a thirteen-year-old girl. Yeah, I was about to ask how old she at this point. Thirteen. 13. Yeah, because it's i find that um it can be unless you're like because this is a generalization but when you're early teens you can kind of get away with being like a boy or a girl because it's Mm -hmm. like the earlier on it's sort of you haven't got obvious signs of which gender you are yeah Mm -hmm. you've not developed
0: and you still have that baby face Mm -hmm. that could go either way like when i was a kid everyone thought it was a boy (laughs) i don't think like I, i i had really long hair as a girl i mean like nearly knee length hair as a yeah. girl like as a girl <laughs> as a child even i was
1: very boyish like uh, my mother has a photo of me when i was like 9 um at where she used to do her readings and everything in a shop and uh, people would walk in and be like, "Oh, who's the small boy? Oh, is is he like your
0: spirit guide?" And it's like,
1: "No, that's my daughter."
0: <laughs> oh, no, yes. Like, oh, I'm not even surprised. <laughs> oh. But yeah, I think she did definitely have that like androgynous look going on. Like, obviously, like shaved head. <laughs> I know she's awesome. I love her. Oh, women with shaved heads. Yes, just saying. Needs to be more of a thing. So she arrives. They immediately test her to see if it was the devil speaking to her. Mm-hmm. They How do, do this... you test us? Right, they do this stupid test. So they hide Charles, like the, the future king. Mm. He's called a Dauphin. I'm going to just refer to him as a Dauphin. So the heir to the throne, the Dauphin. They hide him in the crowd, and they put a fake person on what would be like his throne. Mm. So she arrives... And apparently, immediately, I'm not sure how accurate this is, Mm -hmm. but apparently, immediately, she goes like, nope, you're not the Dauphin. And she looks through the crowd, and she finds the real one and kneels at his feet and says like, you're the Dauphin. So I don't know how accurate that actually is. I
1: feel like he'd be more famously known on how he looks. I know. I
0: mean, I'm guessing his head isn't quite on the coins yet because mm. he's not actually the king. People probably have an idea of what he yeah, looks like. Yeah, some kind of drawing or something. And also, let's be honest, if he's this flamboyant... Gorgeous, like, oh, like... I've got to look good type They've guy. They've probably put some homeless dude that they found off the street on the throne. So it's yeah. like really obvious that he's not the Dauphin. Mm-hmm. And then he's probably wearing a gold suit with a crown on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just hiding over here. Like. <laughs> like You can't see me. It's
1: like a Where's Wally moment.
0: But then also, get this, this is awful. They also checked her virginity.
1: I was about to ask, is there going to be something sexual probe?
0: <laughs> yeah, because obviously God only talks to virgins. Of course. I mean, she's 13. but Okay. <laughs> I guess they're 13. She's probably, like, normal 13-year-olds would probably be, like, married and having their first kids. Because they would have hit that period. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying it's okay. Like no. you, should never be, <laughs> you should never be checking for virginity. As if, like, you know, checking the virginity and her finding, like, spotting the fake Dauphin wasn't enough, <laughs> they decided to properly prove her worth, and they sent her out on a test mission. So the city of Orléans had been under attack for six months... And they decided that they'd send Joan as the uh, military leader and uh, they'd send a bunch of troops and if she could reclaim the town then she... She's 13! She was the real deal if she could do this. So she survived and didn't die. (laughs) Yeah. So she actually managed to reclaim Orléans within four days. How?
1: Uh. (laughs) Just everyone was like, I'm not prepared to go to war against a 13 year old.
0: (laughs) No, uh, I wish that was the case. But no. In Orléans they immediately loved Joan. They were like, Joan saved the day. She's like the biggest heroine of all time falling on. And also, it obviously got some major gains within the court, but really like you say, why? Mm. Why did this happen? In reality, she was aided by a really skilled commander, Etienne de Vinoy, I've got that wrong for defo. Vinoyle? V-I-G-N-O-L-L-E-S. Say it how you will. Um, <laughs> he's been a like battle strategy expert for years. He went in with her. So we don't know how much of this battle strategy was hers. Because mm. she's never been in a military position. Bearing in mind as well, Olyon had been fighting the English off for six months. Mm. So the English were flagging as well. And so if you arrive, a fresh army, they've been fighting for six months, everyone's knackered. Okay, stab me. (laughs) Exactly. The English are just going to be like, oh God, they've brought more troops in. Give up. (laughs) Yeah, so I think they were a pretty easy target. Anyway, on the way back, they went to Pate. She also had like military success there. The English lost half of their troops there. But it, it was basically the same thing. They were sort of sort of flagging, and I think the registered strategy that she's supposed to have said is like basically just charge. <laughs> there, there's no strategy. They're
1: knackered. Just poke them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: essentially yeah after all this like she's proved herself like she's done the virginity test she's done the um, spot the dauphin test the
1: where's wally test (laughs) the where's wally
0: test she's defeated the english at orleans i love saying the word orleans have you noticed
1: you say it very well
0: (laughs) i just like saying it Uh, and she's defeated the english at pate so now she's allowed to deliver the dauphin to his coronation it would have been quite difficult because she still had to cross Mm -hmm. all the parts of the state which were still under attack from the english and also the burgundians who were mm-hmm. the opposite of the Armagnacs. Oh, okay. So she would have been quite a difficult journey, but she delivered in. Like, that was part of her thing. And literally, apparently, like, the, the pictures from the... Coron- not pictures, like, photos, but, mm. like, the, the portrait things that were painted from the coronation, she was literally stood next to him. Oh. Yeah. Obviously, that was probably a bit controversial because it was 1429, and she would have been about 17 years old at this time. She's essentially a soldier. Mm. But can you imagine this... Badass young woman Mm. has rocked up out of nowhere, and is the Dauphin's best buddy. And he's sending her out. All these men are just having to deal with being ruled, like not ruled by one, but like. Also, she stood right next to his coronation. I think he had a wife.
1: Oh, oh. Yeah, I'm
0: pretty sure that he was married at this point. I haven't written that down because I obviously didn't care. (laughs) I love it. 1429. She's 17. She also said that as part of her thing, she was going to reclaim the city of Paris from oh, the English. I this imagine. is a big job. Yeah, big, big, big one. <laughs> yeah, much bigger than Orléans, much bigger than Pâté, much bigger than anything she's done so far. She's like, yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna get Paris, and immediately took a crossbow bolt to the leg. I was about to say, I feel like she got a bit cocky there. Mm. So she was taken from the battlefield to recover, and I think she went home at this point to recover. Joan and her family were um, given nobility status as a reward for her actions. There was brief truce with the English, he's the king now, and she had nothing to do, she was just twiddling her thumbs, and it didn't seem right that a woman was head of the military. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't see why that's like got anything to do with anything, but yeah, at the time people weren't okay with that. But then tensions were high, and so she said, this time my promise is to drive the English into the sea. Wow. Yeah.
1: Just to really prove herself that just Mm -hmm. because she's got a vagina doesn't mean that she can't do all this stuff.
0: (laughs) For real. I think also she was probably a bit like, I've done all this stuff and I'm bored. And probably as well, like this is going to sound awful, but I'm guessing that no one really wanted to marry Joan. Yeah. Because she was quite a big character, but also I'm not sure how well respected she would be. She's a woman, she's above a status. Mm. And also, she's too old now to get married.
1: Yeah. Because
0: there was it's a real tight deadline on those things back then, wasn't A there? number of
1: different things that I can see that would come into it. Also the fact that like she dresses and looks like a guy,
0: which I can imagine back then isn't so open-minded. <laughs> nope, not allowed. So she's promised to drive the English into the sea, which is my favourite line of it. Just um, casually. I know, what a way of putting it. Not just like, I'll defeat the English, I'll drive, drive them, them into the sea. Unfortunately, that did not end well for her at all. And it was a downward spiral from here. So um, she's captured by uh, the Burgundians. And she attempted to escape. Uh, She literally threw herself out of a window of a tower. Badass. Uh, Yeah, but she was caught. And they sold her to the English. Sold her to the English? Mm -hmm. Well, I guess the Burgundians and the English had kind of been a little bit on the same team. They were both fighting the Armagnacs, I think, at that point. So it wasn't that they didn't want her, but she was more valuable to the English. The English immediately began her trial for heresy. (sighs) This was 1431, so she was only 19 years old. And they started with 70 charges against her, and they eventually narrowed it down to 12, which were the strongest.
1: Oh, Um, how nice of them. (laughs) They
0: found out that heresy was only a capital crime if it was repeatedly offended Okay, but the English were desperate to persecute her and bring shame on her to try and prove that she wasn't a miracle from God because they needed to sort of say like God wouldn't choose the French over us Mm. why would he give them this hero so they needed to prove that she was lying so any guesses what they charged her for? Dressing up like a dude.
1: Oh yeah! Bingo! Oh, nice one. Ding ding
0: ding! Got it in one. Yeah. Gold was... sticker for me. <laughs> yeah. I'm um, cross dressing. Yeah. So what? Actually, she happily reverted back into women's clothes once she was no longer an active soldier. Mm. But yeah, as soon as she was wearing men's clothes, they could convict her. So there's two theories now about mm. what happened here. One is that there were several rape attempts made on her oh, when she was Jesus. wearing a dress in prison. And she just had enough, put her, put her trousers back on. The other theory is that guards took her dress from her so she could either be naked or dress like a man. And when and, you're
1: in prison, surrounded by a bunch of blokes who are making rape attempts, um, any fabric would probably be appreciated.
0: So it could be that they forced her to... Cross-dress. Yeah, and I think that's probably more accurate. Mm. Her trial was really unfair, and the trial transcripts... Transcripts? The (laughs) trial transcript. Oh, my goodness. I am going to get this out.
1: Got this, Katie. (laughs) Uh,
0: The trial transcripts were kept, and it's fair to say that it was probably the most unfair trial ever. She was sentenced to death in May 1431 to be burned at the stake. For cross-dressing? For cross-dressing. What? Because they couldn't get her on heresy. The executioner was afraid that he would be damned because he'd killed a holy woman. Mm. Mm -hmm. Four years after she was killed, the French and the English made peace. Wow. That really annoys me. Yeah. So if she stayed in prison maybe for that time,
1: but then she probably would have had some horrendous moments.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And in 1456, at the end of the Hundred Years' War, she was retried. Obviously she's dead, so... Mm. Doesn't really count, and the verdict was nullified, and she was declared innocent. I'm guessing the saint title then followed pretty quick. No, oh. uh, no, the that was 1456. Oh, she was made a saint in 1920. What? Yeah, so a uh, fat lot of good that did, Joan. It's safe to say that she was at least a forward thinker. I like Joan, regardless of whatever did whatever she did, for a young woman in that era, that time frame, to be doing that.
1: Of all the things cool. for them to. Pick for her to end up being um, death by burning at the stake. Cross dressing, that's and crazy. I, I quite like her, yeah. I like the whole androgynous side to her.
0: Yeah, I think Joan's pretty cool. I mean, I'm sure she was annoying. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, back then, you would have been like, who's this kid bleating about God and yeah. reckoning she can rule the country? I mean, I shouldn't really say that because she's not, like, she mm. was pretty awesome. However, Last one for this episode, you will have heard of this one, okay? because she is a battle axe. She's undoubtedly the most famous warrior queen of all time. Any thoughts of it could be? Mm, I feel like maybe to do something with Scotland? Mm. No, no, no. Oh. Oh. No, I'm not saying no. I'm not saying yes either. It was a different time, but oh. it is in. It is to do with the United Kingdom. Okay. So you, you, you're you not far wrong, actually. Um, okay, if it's... It's Boudicca. Yeah,
1: I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, it begins with B. <laughs> I don't want to say it because I'll probably pronounce it wrong.
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's really debated how you say it. So some people said Boudicca, mm. uh, which is wrong. It is <laughs> Boudicca.
1: Boudica,
0: uh, yeah, and there's a couple of different spellings on it too, uh, but yeah, Boudica is the accepted pronunciation. Yes.
1: Yeah, I've heard of Boudica.
0: Yeah, she was a bloodthirsty rebel. Yeah, she was. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if she's a good female icon or not, but I would kind of support her given what she experienced. Okay. Okay, so Boudica was the queen of the Iceni tribe they ruled Essex, Norfolk as we would know it today mm. that sort of region of, the, of the, the country technically it was a husband that was the ruler of the tribe so that's where she gets the title Queen from, it's not certain if that was the actual title because it's, her story is really badly documented, it's really hard to find anything about her most of the reporting from this time is shady at best
1: mm.
0: um, most of Boudicca's story is reported by Tacitus who was a Roman historian he is famous for hating women Oh. Uh, So he probably doesn't paint her in the best light. And I'm pretty sure it was like 50 years after, so it's probably unreliable too, but that's the best we've got, so that's what we're going with. Brilliant. (laughs) So when Boudicca's husband died, the order of his will wasn't followed. Uh, They had two daughters, and the Romans came in, uh, the Romans that were living in England at the time. They raped the daughters. Oh, God. They beat Boudicca, and all of their possessions were taken And basically, their kingdom was ruined. And I think that uh, Boudicca's husband had been quite fair Mm. in his uh, ruling. Yeah, and also, like, he knew that he had to give part of his kingdom to the Romans at that point, but it it was all kind of fairly done. It sounds like they got a bit of a from Mm. the Romans at this point. Quite understandably, Boudicca was a bit upset about this treatment. I wonder why. I wonder why. (laughs) Uh, And the Roman governor was away in Wales. So Wales, Essex, quite far apart. Obviously, again, no real transport there. We had horses, but not really, you know, no motorised engines or anything. Mm. So it takes a while to get there. So while he was away in Wales, she decided to start a rebellion against the Romans. And she absolutely smashed it. Yes. So first up, she burned down the town that we now know as Colchester. It was the largest Roman settlement in the region and it had a newly built temple to Claudius. So, Boudicca, she totally just burned this city down to the ground. And while she was doing it, she picked up some other tribes on the way. So, everyone was just kind of either join me or die.
1: So, what was, if you don't mind me asking, her um, her tribe? Like,
0: the Iceni. Yeah.
1: What is that like. I don't know, I'm trying to find the right word. Um, like, background to? Like tribal-wise in history oh um
0: i think they were celtic that's why, yeah because yeah. i get a little bit confused whether it was celtic or what yeah yeah i think england was like in a bit of an interesting state at that point like mm. i think people were just known as the english and they weren't really seen as a threat to the romans like the romans were just like oh the english won't do anything they're really mild they don't do say, anything this is
1: a time where england just got Penetrated by everyone that would just decide to come over on their ships and be like, "Oh, we'll have some of that. We'll have some yeah, of that." We were getting stomped take on. your women. <laughs> yeah,
0: we were getting stomped on, and I don't really know why anyone would want to come here. I mean, we're oh, a tiny island. <laughs> we're a tiny island, and it rains all the oh. time. <laughs> and like nowadays, it's not so bad. But can you imagine? In yeah. this day and age, like, mm-hmm. when there's no good health care and no clean water... And mud. <laughs> it would have literally just been, like, rain, mud. Some monks. <laughs> oh, God. I, I wouldn't have survived in this time. I would have died. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, as we're both women. <laughs> probably. Oh, yeah, I mean,
0: like, I probably... No, I actually would have died. Someone shared a thing recently that made me laugh. It was, if it wasn't for modern medicine, what would have killed you? Oh. I would have died from scarlet fever. I'm trying to think for mine. I had
1: a heart murmur.
0: Was that kind of like... Oh, you would have died. Oh, okay then. <laughs> well, you, if you went to hospital for it as a child... Mm. Yeah, as a baby. ...and they had treatment, you probably would have died, because they wouldn't have known what to do with you then. Yeah, they would yeah, have just been like, it happened. Blah. So anyway, back on track. Yeah, yeah so they, it, it was the Iceni tribe. They would have been like Celtic, uh, but English, so... Okay, Um, that's good to know, because in my head I was like, I think it's Celtic, but I don't want to get that wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I think you're right with that. But they were picking up other tribes on the way. Uh, They headed over to Londinium, what is now London. Mm. The Roman governor had heard the plan, uh, and he tried to intercept Boudicca. But on his arrival in London, the city was already on fire. (laughs) Yas Queen. (laughs) She beat him. Uh, So he focused on trying to evacuate some of the people that were still there. But I don't think he was particularly proactive in it. I think he was just like, nah, you're good. Oh, okay, then go on, then you can evacuate if you want. Yeah, stop, drop, and roll on the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So after burning down London and gathering yet more followers, Boudicca continued on her rage. Rampage! Actually thousands of people, Romans and British, were getting killed here because she really wasn't messing about. She just killed anybody and everything. Was
1: just going on a full blown rampage throughout England.
0: So, she was killing women, babies. Oh, no. Like, she didn't show any mercy. Okay. Um, or so at least cool. if she did, it wasn't reported. Like, maybe she did, but mm. there's more reports of bad stuff. If you're squeamish, um, skip forward 30 seconds here, as the next sentence is going to be a little gruesome and traumatic, but I'm going to do it quick. There were accounts, the accuracy is questionable, as always, that she beheaded babies and cut the breasts from Roman women and put them into their mouths. Wow. You can come back now. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Wow so as role models go not really ideal extremist (laughs) yeah Um, but I feel that if these things were actually happening she was doing them for the shock value to create that movement of fear so it's like kind of join me All all, all this happens whether you're male or female yeah I kind of feel it wasn't that she was particularly targeting those people I think she was just going for everybody yeah
1: it was like a small section of people that she probably did that to that then that very quickly uh, got around.
0: Yeah, like, no, oh, don't mess with Boudicca. Mm. Like, she comes around, just... So my up. cousin has
1: a friend and she has a friend and he has a friend who did this but uh, because Boudicca did this. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. So I don't know if you know, but there's a whole feminism stance called What Would Boudica Do?
1: Oh, I think I've slightly heard it. It rings a bell. Yeah, yeah. it does
0: for me too. Um, I've not really looked into it that much because I'm not gonna lie, I don't feel like she's the best feminist icon. Mm. I know that she was obviously, women shouldn't be raped and queens should be respected, and Mm. that's what set her off on this rampage, but I feel more like she's a barbaric raging tyrant, rather than- Barbarian. Mm -hmm. Yeah, rather than, this is a movement about equality, and I'm trying to actively campaign for equality. She was more- Utica smash. (laughs) Exactly, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got that exactly right. (laughs) So it kind of does make you wonder, was the initial attack after her husband's death for power of the region, or to assert power over her, mm. and her agenda? If her husband hadn't died, would they? Have, would the Romans still have come? Or like, if it had been a son that mm-hmm. was left, would the Romans have just been like, "Oh, it's another man that's taken over that region"? We'll leave it. We'll leave it. Was it because it was it's a queen now and two daughters? We're gonna just yeah. take it because we can. So it is and interesting. Take them at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, it is interesting to, to wonder if that would have been... A situation. Yeah. So, Boudica, her most famous attribute is that she wiped out an entire Roman army. Yes, wow.
1: <laughs> I love the fact that she would have obviously had an army, and I'm guessing majority of them would have been male and they were all happy to follow her during this time.
0: Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I would not actually thought about that, but yeah, I guess. Mm. So she defeated a whole Roman army. Now, I'm definitely gonna pronounce this wrong, but she faced a battle at Valamion. I think it's Valamion. That sounds about right. It was what's now St Albans. Oh. So yeah, it used to have a different name. I think you can see parts of the old city. Uh, I definitely saw some bits when I was Googling, and her tribe successfully defeated the army of the ninth legion. And it's here where she allegedly gave a great speech, though she was uneducated, so I'm thinking that this probably didn't happen.
1: Mm, maybe more like, we did it, they're all f***ed. <laughs> yeah, I feel like
0: she probably just sat there at the front of the army and went, yes, lad! <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> and yeah, after defeating the Romans, guess what? She burns St Albans to the ground. Woo! Woo! loves I
1: mean, Sunday. should we be wooing, but...
0: No, no, we should be wooing. I feel like Boudicca nowadays and this is going to sound really bad and judgmental, and it's not meant to, but she would be, like, a fire performer. Mm Mm-hmm. Because she she clearly loves playing with fire, so she might as well do it. Um, I feel that she would wear, like... Big hefty boots, and she'd have dreads or something like that. I'm
1: already in love with this woman.
0: She's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's awesome. She would fight for loads of different things. Like, yeah, she would be. All the rights that you could probably mm-hmm. name. <laughs> like, right now, with what's going on in England for international listeners, as we are recording this, it was International Women's Day earlier this week. It was also Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. So, it's supposed to be a week that celebrates women. We're also in Women's History Month. I think there was a female protest that happened because. Uh, a lady was killed by a police officer this week yeah. and the situation in which she was killed it could have been anyone Uh, it could have been any female Uh, so our thoughts are with her family and anyone affected by that and it just shows that even in this modern day and age there are still many divisions Mm -hmm. between the sexes and things that we need to fight for definitely, and then our country has gone and banned protesting yeah so, uh, yeah, great to be in England right now. Probably just as great as yeah. if you were up against Boudicca. <laughs> Maybe a bit less bloody. <laughs> to be fair, uh, getting back to Boudicca, they reckon that in those three cities, uh, which were Londinium, Colchester, and St Albans, between 70 and 80,000 Romans and British were killed by Boudicca. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of people back then. That is a
1: lot of people.
0: When you think about when it was. Yeah, and the population levels compared to now. Exactly. Like, all times. Mm. That's a lot lot of people. Uh, So at this point, that Roman governor that had tried to head her off before she hit London, uh, he was kind of worried. Nero, who was now ruling Rome, he was so worried that he was going to withdraw all the Romans out of England. What? Yeah, so Nero is like, oh, oh. So um, Budokka's kind of done us a favour there. He didn't the The Roman governor, he was like, no, no, Nero, don't worry, I've got this, we're fine. Uh, I'm going to regroup and refocus my armies. We've got a plan. And so it happened in the Midlands. It's not really known exactly where it happened. It was called Watling Street, which was a Roman road. Uh, It might have been around Leicestershire. It could have even been as far over as here. It was like a road that went across the country, like a long straight Roman road. Uh, And it doesn't exist anymore. So no one knows exactly where this was. But they kind of tricked her because the Romans were massively outnumbered. I mean, like, massively. I'm pretty sure I read something that, like, her tribe was ten times the size of their army. Oh, gosh. So, but this is where the general and his knowledge of battle strategies came into play. So instead of meeting them wherever... She decided. Wherever she decided, they decided to lure her in. And they picked a really good... Area, they positioned all of the Roman troops on a hill which was backed by a forest and overlooked a narrow valley. So they were protected from surround attacks uh, because they couldn't, like, Boudicca couldn't surround them Mm. and get behind them because of the forest, and they could see everything because they were at the top of the hill. It also meant that when her army entered the valley, they were trapped. And because it bottlenecked and her army was so huge, Mm. when they tried to retreat, they couldn't go backwards because there were too many people behind her. Mm. Boudicca's fate, this is kind of the end of the story, basically, because she was defeated in this battle. But her actual individual fate remains a bit unknown. So Tacitus, um, he suggested that she killed herself to avoid capture. Others suggested that she um, withdrew from the battle and they were kind of defeated and they just gave up and then that she died from an illness while she was travelling back to Essex. Oh. But either way, it's safe to say that she left a mark on this country.
1: Yeah, massively.
0: Everyone's heard of Boudicca. Mm. Um, I still need to watch the movie. <laughs> I haven't seen the movie either. Oh, Maybe we should, totally we should do, do that, that together. Yeah. So yeah, so some of these ladies physically went into battle, like absolute Amazonians, and others sent armies and people to do it for them, and they ruled from a distance. (laughs) And now at this point, I was going to segue into Elizabeth I and the Spanish Armada, but as I started to do some research, I realised that she needed way more time, and this episode was already going to be a monster Mm -hmm. of an episode. So she is really interesting, and I think that we definitely need to do a Warrior Queens Part 2. 100%. So, yeah, there we have it. Three very different warrior queens. Mm. Technically, Joan's a saint, not a queen. It still counts. (laughs) Patra killed off her family, but then she did try and defend and protect. Joan was fighting in the name of God, and Boudicca was basically a hot-headed rebel and burnt down Roman cities. I like Boudicca. (laughs) Uh, I was going to say, what do you think about them? Like, what are your thoughts? I feel like they're
1: all very different strategy-wise. Like, I feel like all three are a good combination of all the different strategic ways that they could go through with, obviously Boudicca just went head on and was just like, no, attack, attack, attack. Uh, Cleo obviously was more, I don't wanna say sultrous about it, Mm -hmm. but she definitely used her femininity and her looks as a part of a strategy, which I kind of like. (laughs) Um, And obviously with Jones, like her age and the fact that she just decided to like, dress up as a man like neither of the other two decide to lose their femininity obviously with Cleo with the beard but she still made it like more of an accessory piece
0: yeah
1: um whilst Jones went full-blown man like mm. with everything and it's just it's really interesting to see how all three of them like died horribly and were captured in some way but they all like they all had the same end goal but all went different paths with it.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting actually because mm. obviously I did the, the, the research for this and like mm. wrote the piece but I it's really interesting to hear that take on it because you basically summarized it, you know, really that all three of them are very different. Mm. And they all went really different ways. It's really interesting. I also think it's a very interesting contrast to what we have now. As we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we still have a monarchy. Mm. Uh, Most countries don't. When I searched, most answers online said that 44 countries in the world still have a monarchy. Mm. I'm not really sure how that works because there are 54 countries in the Commonwealth... Oh uh you know the Commonwealth' yeah, like ours yeah. so technically we our queen rules 54 countries so but there's 44 countries apparently that have a monarchy today and obviously kings and queens used to head into battle with their army like mm. you would see the king on a horse at the front of the army and that just doesn't happen now. So I think in like a thousand years time, if the Earth still exists and humans are still on the planet... Fingers crossed. Will... Well, I don't really care. We won't be be here. So um, a thousand years is a long time. Um, But it will be interesting to see how our time now is documented. Like, will our current queen be like... Credited or criticized for military activity which mm. took place during her reign because she's just a figurehead. Yeah
1: She had no decision. She has to like sign a couple of things, but that's literally yeah. just the government going you need to sign this But also okay.
0: I did hear that in the Queen doesn't have you're like yes She's just a figurehead. She doesn't have that many um, word uh, responsibilities mm. and like things she can do now, but I do believe and I'm not sure if this is correct or not that the Queen or head of state can declare war on any country or make peace with any country any time they wish. It just makes sense because we do send the Queen to other countries to To do peace work and things like that. So it would be interesting. But I wonder if, you know, like, obviously we went to war with Iraq. Yeah. Uh, We've had some controversial military activity. I wonder if that will be criticised as her time on the throne or whether Mm. for historians or whether it will be a political... Well, criticism. The whole situation
1: with Prince Harry, because obviously he joined the military and he mm-hmm. served in Afghan and Iraq, mm-hmm. and there was a huge, uh, there was a huge argument through the press because it was very public knowledge that he ended up killing someone whilst out there. Mm. But yeah, and everyone was like freaking out, saying how like bad it is, and it's like yes, he took a life that's bad, but he was acting under military. Uh,
0: if you're a fantasy. soldier, you're a, He's soldier. a soldier.
1: Yeah, it's. Like, in a situation like that, it's kill or be killed. Mm. And just because he's Prince Harry... Yeah. ...doesn't make any But then that's situation. also interesting,
0: because you yeah. just brought that up. And, like, obviously, Prince Harry, unlikely to be king of this country, mm. but male figure, he took time in the military. Yeah. And Prince... Did Prince William serve? I feel I like, feel he, like did, he did, but too, yeah. maybe... Was he, like, Navy or something? Yes, Navy. And it's interesting that, like, the male heads of state are still serving. I'm pretty sure that our Queen... Hasn't Hadn't. had any military training.
1: But it's still quite old school, the fact that there's members of the royal family still going out there to war. Yeah, that's yep.
0: interesting. Yeah, I'd never really thought about that. That's mm. been a fun discussion. So, um, yeah, I'll post the sources for this episode. There's some really interesting sources, actually. I'll post the sources in the show notes, as always. We'd love to hear from you on your thoughts on the episode. If you've got a lengthier reply or anything to add to this, you can email us at titsandtea at gmail.com.
1: Or find us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, where we will post weekly show notes and fun images for each episode. You'll also see behind-the-scenes and we'll post bonus material there too
0: awesome so um bella yes i think um we should give gunpowder tea another try because i actually Ooh, think i don't know no it's, it's our own fault it brewed for what 25 minutes yeah we talk about it. yeah uh well we have lives like there's not just this podcast we have other things coming in um we so, do hang out um, so i think we should give it another try what do you think yeah, just okay, a then. little one, just like we brew it for. We brew it for like three minutes. I think yeah. that's going to be enough. I don't yeah. think it needs. I'll more. go stick the cow on. Yay! <laughs> Sounds good. See you soon. Bye.